systems are offline. You're listening to Sky Sauce Podcast Network. Even the other stations are tuned in too. Hello and welcome to Skysoft Fest. Thank you for joining us here today, taking the time to explore a little deeper into our newest show coming up, Beast. So I'm very thankful and very grateful to have Monroe Hayden here with us today. So hello, Monroe. How are you doing? Hi. How are you doing? Good, good. I'm sure you love seeing our faces multiple times here. So here's another opportunity for us here to kind of chat together. So we're going to talk about Skysoft Premium's first show, and it's going to be called Beast. And so let's go ahead and get started here. So Monroe, when word first got out that this show was rated TV and MA for horror and gore, I think that was when people realized that this is not the Disney version that they're used to, you know? So uh, what makes this version of the story so scary? Um... Well, I tried to go with a realistic approach to this, um, just because I think it's, there's, I, I mean, I wanted to add something different to the Being the Beast tale that we haven't seen yet, and that is a more realistic approach to it, that if, if it were possible to transform into a, a creature, um, what would that look like? But also, um, you know, when he does transform into the beast, it's a form of punishment for everything that he's done. So the way to do that, to kind of, I guess, press on that matter that, that this is a punishment is to make it really scary and and painful. So, so there's that, but I think there's also more than just the gore and the horror. I think there's a lot of topics that I don't think children w- would be like, mature enough to understand because I also wanted to go into the mental aspects of it. What would happen to a person if they were to transform into a creature of some sort and how, how would that affect the mind um, and their, and their emotions as well. And I think that's important to get like the, the full story, the, the story that you're trying to tell. So I'm I'm glad that you you took that risk and made it TVMA so that we could tell a more compelling, more fulfilling story. Uh, and speaking about other changes in this version, in this version we have a name for the beast, and that name is Abu Bakri. So could you tell us a little bit more about that name and where that name came from and the significance of it? Um, well, Abu Bakri isn't just a random name. Uh, I based him on a real person who actually existed. He was an emperor of Mali which is located in West Africa. And he he gave up the throne to explore the rest of the world. Now, he was reported to have gotten lost somewhere on the Atlantic. I think he was in search of what we now know as America, but back then, back in the 1300s, they didn't know that. Um, so he ended up giving up his throne to another another young man called um, named Mansa Musa. And he ended up being one of the wealthiest people alive I'm not sure if anyone has broken his record as being the wealthiest person, but he was the wealthiest man for a very, very, very long time. I think up until the 21st century, at least, if 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 he's not still. I mean, that is just so fascinating. And the fact that you wanted to make sure that this was as accurate as possible, like, 
I know how much you love uh, Beauty and the Beast. So you could have just easily written like a fan fiction piece or something. And we all would have been fine with it. We all would have loved it. Mm -hmm. but, but, you know, the fact that you took the time to research it and make sure that there was some like some truth to it. Like maybe we take obviously we take a few liberties with it. But the fact that deep down in there, there's some truth to it, I think is a really cool thing. Um, so, you know, we wouldn't have... Uh, Beast without a beauty, you know, you have to have both of them in there. Uh, but I'm glad that we're focusing more on Beast's side this time. But let's take a little break and talk a little bit about Bella, about the bell. So how does Bella differ in this version from previous versions of the character? The bell character, the beauty character has always been very progressive. And we know so much about her, I feel like that because all the rest of the previous versions that have mostly been told not only, but mostly, um, have really focused on the beauty character. Uh, we, we barely get a hint of, of Beast. So with knowing so much about her being progressive, being kind, being um, open to, to different possibilities, the challenge was to now add something that we had not seen in this character before, but also make her very modern so that women today and little girls today Although I don't think little girls will be watching a TVMA um, series, but just in case, you know, their moms and dads decide, okay, well, we can just bathroom break for this time and then you can come in and watch like my mom used to do. Um, I want to make sure that I have a, a, a woman that a modern day woman and our, their future, the, you know, the little girls that will be women in the future, our future women could look up to and, and relate to mostly. Um, more so than look up to, but just kind of know deep down what she's feeling and what she's going through, rather than have this um, 2D version, almost like a cartoon version um, of, of what it means to be a beautiful young woman. So we, I, well, we, I added more of a flair, to say the least. Uh, she's. And that flair ends up being a really, one of the things that we, that I absolutely love about her, which is that she's so like, she's so just determined to be right. And so determined <laughs> to, to tell you a piece of, of her mind. So I wanted to make those things be a little bit more of her faults because in today's world, I think women are still trying to figure out where, where we stand. Um, now that we have more rights than we've ever had before and now that we're included with the conversation and the narratives and stuff like that, I think we're still trying to find our footing and what it means to be a powerful woman and also what it means to be a good woman as well. Um, so there's a lot of um, negativity going around about like what men have done to us in the past and are continuing to do. And I wanted to go ahead and... and help with that by um, making it more of like a balance like you can't just automatically assume every guy is going to be like this based on the majority of men that you've met in your life mm -hmm. knowing that you've never met every man on earth <laughs> you know so um, it's correcting that and kind of showing Belle or Bella in this particular case uh, that through Beast that this is a different type of of man and ultimately the kind of man that wins her heart um but you know 
Beast is not exactly the easiest person to uh, to, to fall in love with instantly, but neither is Bella to, mm -hmm. in his defense. So mm -hmm. that's what um that's like the tip of the iceberg. I can say that and that I would be allowed to share about what differs about her. Yeah. What would you say? <laughs> you read well, the script. Yeah. First of all, I'm gonna say that like anytime anyone says I'm I'm stubborn or hard headed, I'm just gonna say uh, no. I'm determined <laughs> to be right. I'm determined to be right. <laughs> I like that version of that word better. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's a firecracker, all right. She's a pistol, and I really appreciate that about her character. Um, but um, I also like seeing the more vulnerable sides of her when like when she's not in a confrontation with, uh, with Abu Bakri and, and you kind of see like this, um, this side that she really keeps to herself, I think. So I think that's a really interesting thing too. So um, I just like seeing the two sides of that character, but yeah, she's, she's just so funny. Like she just made me laugh so many times during the script because <laughs> if she has a, a thought in her mind, she's going to let you know what that thought is. So, oh yeah. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I love that. I love that. There are no secrets really. <laughs> In, yeah. in that sense so mm -hmm. yeah, I love it yeah she's um she was definitely born in the wrong time I think or maybe the right time maybe because of the Bellas in the past we were able to be here today it's true Who knows? but I'm not the only one who's in this film and neither is Brian <laughs> is a very important person and a very important aspect to this tale a very important character who's played by you so why don't you tell me a little bit more about your character? Like, what's his name? What is he like? I mean, I know, but they don't. And <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I play a character named Ludovic. And what I like about Ludovic is that um, he's, been, he's been dealt a lot of loss in his life. He's lost people that are very close to him. He's lost his eyesight as well. He's lost a lot, but Throughout it all, the one thing that he never did lose was hope. I think he always had hope in a brighter future. And I think like it's just wonderful, perfect timing that he and Beast meet when they do because Beast is at a time <laughs> when he has pretty much lost all of that hope. Um, he's like at the almost at the end of his rope. And, you know, it's not necessarily the first time that he's come to that point, but at this point, like they meet and there's just this, um, there's just a sense of uh, fraternal bond, fraternal connection that is just really fascinating to see. And like, I think it could be easy to say that maybe that, that Beast needed Ludovic, but I think Ludovic needed Beast as well to kind of have someone to, to talk with and to share everything that he's experienced in his life. And to, in a way to kind of pass on his knowledge to to the next generation to the future so I just really love his his optimism his his dry sense of humor <laughs> um, mm -hmm. he he has a way of communicating with Abu that up until this point I don't think anyone's been able to communicate with him in that way so um, it's it's just funny because I think Abu or um, Ludovic sees Abu even though he can't really see him. Like he sees him in a deeper way just because he can't physically see him. So uh, I just love the connection that they have, the bromance that they develop together. <laughs> it's just really sweet and really fun. And, you know, I just want to take the opportunity now to kind of say that 
it's it's kind of rare that you see that in in the mainstream media and like modern entertainment like maybe you've seen a few examples like in scrubs or something but to see like this genuine love between two men like this platonic friendly just wonderful love is a beautiful thing and i think you did such a great job of writing that and i think hopefully we'll do a good job of bringing that to life but i'm just thankful that people will get to see that level of love between two men because it's it's a wonderful thing it's a beautiful thing and i think it deserves to be showcased more so love is such a, a an overrated not overrated excuse me it's def- love is never overrated i'm very sorry for saying that um but love is such a like topic that is always used in every form of media like film and and music and all Mm -hmm. sorts of things and it's very important probably the most important thing we could ever share with anybody or spread um it sounds so gross when i say (laughs) spread um (laughs) while we're in a pandemic but um you know if i had the choice between covid or love i'd take love all the way um (laughs) but uh i think what's not quite so it's not talked about enough is how do you learn to love somebody like fully like how do you Mm -hmm. actually do that and do you even have to learn how to do that or is that something that you're born with um or do you learn through the demonstration like do you see like from your parents or 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 is it something that kind of comes more with age like do we love differently Mm, yeah you know as we get older and does that love change or disappear as you get older for for a certain person or anything like that um so I think that is one of the reasons why that I love Ludovic so much because he kind of helps um define what it means to love someone and how to love someone for Abu maybe not Mm -hmm. for everybody but definitely for Abu at that particular time and without Ludovic I don't think Abu would have stood a chance with Bella (laughs) I think those two would have killed each other oh my God. at some point. <laughs> but um, what's, your, what's like your, your most favorite part of the entire script, whether it's Ludovic related or not? Like what's your favorite part? Um, without saying what the scene, describing the scene, but just like, yeah, um, yeah you, you get it. You got it. <laughs> I gotcha. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think my favorite part, and I think we talked about this off mic before, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I think my favorite part is just... Um, the, the talk about religion without it being like forced down your throat, without being crammed in your face. Like, I think the way that religion is handled in this script is very uh, subtle, but also very respectful. And is just a very um, like critical part to understanding these two characters in a, in a deeper level. And what I like about it too, is that it's not always like super devout, like, I believe 110%, all this sort of stuff. <laughs> but but it talks about sometimes the doubt that we have too, the doubt, like maybe we'll like, like, like hey, uh, you up there, God? Like, it's me, like, mm-hmm. I, like I know we haven't spoken in a while, but I'm still here. <laughs> um, so that, that almost like that desperation in trying to find something that will help us out in our lowest moments. So that I really, I really took to heart a lot. Uh, I think I can connect with that a lot because, you know, I was, born and raised like super Catholic. Um, But, you know, as I've gotten older, 
you know, I'm not as 100% devout as I was when I was younger, but I, I still will do what some of the characters do here. And I'll be like, hey, like, it's me. It's like, it, 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 <laughs> it's your boy. Like, I'm still here. Um, so I just appreciate the, the way that religion is handled in this, in this story. I think that's my favorite part. Uh, one of the reasons why it's one of my favorite parts of it is because it it helps to kind of bring the beauty and the beast together as a couple in a way. So, you know, kind of talking about that, how did this beauty and this beast differ as a unit, as a, as a team, uh, compared to previous versions? I think you answered the question right there. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, from different versions that, um, I mean, I don't think I've read every single version there is out there, but I've read quite a few. It, I've, it's almost sad how many versions I've read <laughs> and very familiar with, but there's not very that many um, versions where it was exactly like this. The thing that differs them from the rest of, is, is that um, how they're brought together. And like you said, it's their religion, but not so much that they believe in the same thing, because obviously Abu is Muslim and Bella, she's she was born in in what would now be called Spain. Um, but back then it wasn't. Um, so she's hardcore Catholic. Um, it's just how they are both independent in what they believe in, but just so accepting of each other. They're not trying to convert the other one. They're not trying to do, they're not trying to change any one of them. Even like when they're at each other's throats, they're not even, they're not really trying to change the other person. They're just trying to communicate, but are too stubborn to learn how to do that. Um, but the religion kind of calms it all down. And to be fair, in Spain, there were people who were Muslim back then too. So I think Bella's probably really familiar with a lot of it, so she's more, maybe more welcoming because of that, I'm not quite sure. Um, so the religion really calms the storm when it brews very, very <laughs> wildly, very feral yes. between those two. Um, yeah. And, you know, <clears throat> speaking about that and about how, you know, we're trying to root things in a little bit of realism, like we still have uh, magic in this version of the story. There's still some magical elements to it. So, how do you? How did you want to have magic represented in this version of the series? That's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> yes, through religion as well. There's magic. It, I know a lot of people are like there's no magic in religion. It's religion. It's real. Um, but you know. <laughs> There is, in terms of just taking away the sorcery and witchcraft part of magic, but just kind of just the whole feeling of it being magical to have something work out after you've prayed so hard for it or, or believing in something so much and have it actually happens, you know, right before your eyes is a magical feeling experience to actually to go through, but love as well. Love is a very magical thing because it can transform you. It can change your perspective on things. It could calm you down. It could <laughs> rally you up. It can do a lot of things. One of the hardest things about this uh, show, I'll say, 
was the fact that we have so many cultures represented in this show. And, you know, again, like we're trying to be as respectful um, and as realistic as possible. So like, I, I have a dad who speaks French, um, <laughs> but that's like really my only connection to the French language and stuff. So, um, you know, the fact that I was tasked, that I was challenged with trying to portray a, um, an authentic, you know, French accent, an English word with the French accent was very challenging, but I appreciated the challenge. Um, so I can talk a little bit about a uh, little bit more about that on my end, but then I'd love to hear, you know, kind of how how you handled speaking in a Spanish accent or what would be considered a Spanish accent today. So. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, we haven't filmed yet, so it's not quite handled. Um, mm -hmm. I will have to say that we're all probably still trying to work on our accents and, and perfect them. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, the, uh, you want to know like what I'm doing to, to practice that or like sure. what do you mean by handling? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I guess I'll start by kind of saying what I'm doing on my end is, you know, like I said, I'm trying to, my dad is relearning how to speak French again. So I'm like listening to him when he speaks and kind of listening to the different ways that certain vowels are pronounced, certain words are pronounced. So I'm kind of listening to the the rhythm, really, the tone of of the language because every language comes with its own sort of tonality and its own rhythm to it. So I'm listening to that. Uh, I'm trying to listen to um, more actors that are prominent here in the US that have French backgrounds, trying to listen to them speak. So I can kind of listen again to the rhythms and everything and try and pick up on that to try and make it as authentic as possible. Um, so that's kind of what I'm doing on my end and then also on top of that, like you have to um, add the emotional elements to it. So just trying to get to know Ludovic a little bit better as well. So that's kind of what I'm doing on my end to try and portray this uh, French character as authentically as possible. Mm -hmm. Well, I actually hire, hired a dialect coach to help oh, me. Oh, wow. And mm -hmm. um, I'm learning some Spanish because sometimes learning the language kind of helps you understand how to, why you say why like especially with spanish and like mm -hmm. not mexican spanish because they're all very different from europe and they speak the same language but it's just kind of altered and, diff and differs just a bit so i want to make sure that i have the right um the right region the right continent when i'm speaking with this with this accent but the when the two l's are together it doesn't it's not la it's like it's like a yeah Mm -hmm. so you want so learning the language kind of helps explain how you would say something in english with an accent mm -hmm. so you know it's just there's some of that but i also am listening to um i'll just watch youtube videos of interviews of of um spanish act actresses so like Pen penelope cruz is 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 one of them um I also put on one of her movies or something. I'll just like <laughs> watch it. And, and sometimes I get lost in, in the films because she's such a great actress and the films that she decides to do are so good, but I'll go back and I'll listen. Mm -hmm. um, so I try to stay away from people who are one, one thing, like let's say they're American or they're British or something. And then they portray someone. They're doing exactly yeah. what I'm doing because sometimes they don't get it right. 
mm-hmm. or sometimes it's like a mixture of different things and you want to make sure that you get the right thing to your particular region and um not that it's not impressive what they're doing i just want to make sure that i'm doing everything i'm supposed to do on my end so i don't offend anybody or i don't let anybody down um especially myself um but also that i can portray her authentically because i would really like to to be her when I'm in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. It's just really fascinating. Um, just like I said, there's there's a distinct rhythm to every language and it's very interesting to hear the difference between them. Like I think in English, it's a lot more almost like staccato, I guess you could say, like very like- Like American English? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just very like punctured, like That's true. I just finished binge watching season the recent uh, season of the crown and their oh. English is a lot very, is very different from mm-hmm. American English. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, but yeah, you're absolutely right with the American um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. way of speaking. I think we're always just in such a rush to say things that we have to be like, okay, now you have to listen to me right now. Okay. This is what I have to say. So, <laughs> oh my God. You don't you, understand. Listen to me now. Oh my God. <laughs> there's both actual claps and implied claps in the English language. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, when you listen to French, it's very, like, like very, like, just lay back. And, like, very, like, very, like, relaxed. It's almost like, like, eh, like, I'll, I'll get to it later. Like, whatever. Yeah. It's, it's very, so, so trying to find, like, that. There's no rush, man. Exactly. Exactly. You can even let some of the words drop off. Like, it's okay. Like, like you get it. Like, you, you don't know. have to finish the sentence. You know. <laughs> Whereas in English, like, I'm going to finish my point and you're going to listen to it right now. Okay. Before you go anywhere else. It's so. almost like Bella. Except it's yes. not just so. There's a punch. <laughs> yes. To her. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But yeah, it, it, she's. I have something to say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Got a little sneak peek there. <laughs> so with that, I think we're gonna wrap things up. But once again, Beast is gonna be Skysoft Premium's first show. So we're excited to bring that to you. We look forward to you all watching it and hopefully enjoying it. Uh, we hope you enjoy the rest of your Skysoft Fest experience. Thank you so much again for watching us here. I know you've seen our faces and heard our voices multiple times, but we, we love to talk. What can we say? And we love to talk to you all, especially. So thank you so much. Again, my name is Daniel Andrade here for Skywire and Skysoft. And then we have... I'm Monroe Hayden. And thank <laughs> you for um, attending and please enjoy the rest of your stay. That's right. All right. Goodbye, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye.